Okay, so I have been thinking about ways to make our podcast cooler. How cool? Well, it depends which direction. Arguably, this this idea that I have would make our podcast a little bit hotter. But oh, like, so not cooler. ice cold. Not ice cold. Not ice cold. So not cooler than being cool. Not cooler than being cool. I'm maybe going in a more flame and hot direction. Like Cheetos? No, I'm thinking maybe like what we should do is build me a swing and suspend me from the ceiling. And then attach... I, this is not that kind of podcast. Attach a flamethrower no. to the end of my classical guitar and then just have and me... blow pl- it up. No. Oh. This is not that kind of podcast. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Viewing. A podcast where we watch every musical... Oh, jeez. From Cats to... Phantom. I don't know. Well, that's that's pretty good to the end of the alphabet, yeah. We watch every movie. Every movie oh, in our library oh. from A to Z. We weren't rebranding here? Not completely. I don't know why musicals are on my mind. Like... I don't know. I haven't watched anything... There's a lot of music in this movie. There is a lot of music in this movie. It's good from music. From A to Z. There we go. There we go. Had to... Had to had to finish it. I finished it a minute ago. Did you? I don't know. I don't think you did. I think you were off in your own musical. Listen, if we've learned anything from this movie, it's that every time you think the car chases over, it isn't. Boy, they must have had to buy a lot of gas for this movie. They had to bought a lot of cars for this movie. Built a lot of cars for this yeah. movie. Yeah. Mod City. We are talking about... Mad Max. Fury Road. Fury Road. Road. No. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to call my wife, whom I love, out on this podcast, but the, the, the furry jokes are, get, are, are are coming hot and heavy lately. There a lot of them lately. Well, at least I'm not a, a bird furry or whatever you are. I'm not a, just because I like birds, just because I when like- When he sees a bird, the world stops. He's like, birds. look at that. Be- it, it's like a pigeon. He's like, look at that beautiful bird. Listen, <laughs> you posted an owl on your Instagram stories, and you didn't even tell me. I couldn't. I barely I had to see- find you were out from your. In- you can wake me up for owls. He wasn't there. He flew away. I watched him fly away. Yeah, but you should have called me and told me about it from the backyard. From the backyard, I wow. want to hear about. Okay, the owls. I'm gonna do that next time. And we're going to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> is m- perhaps the greatest action movie of all time. This is a movie that we saw in theaters at least once. I think I saw it twice at least, personally. Because I think I-, I saw it with you and our friends. And then I think I went to Augusta for the weekend and I took my dad to it. And that I- I've seen this a bunch of times. What sure. year of our Lord is this? What year of our Lord? If I'm not completely... 2015. I was going to guess 2014, so that's pretty close. Yeah, that was going to be what I was going to say, too. I love this movie so much. It's pretty good. It's more than pretty good. It's pretty good. After this movie, mm-hmm. I torrented 
a copy of the sound. No, we would never do that. And I burned it on. That's not legal. And I don't remember if I burned it onto. I didn't burn it onto a CD. Oh no, I didn't torrent it. I was streaming. People didn't have CDs anymore in 2015. Yeah, I was streaming it, and I whenever we got into the car for like a week after the movie. Oh my god! I would put on. I remember this. I don't remember the going to see the movie, but I remember this. Because the same thing happened after Black Panther. No, and it didn't. Black, after... Pan- not Black Panther, did it? Yeah. Right? I'd get in the car and be like, <laughs> Oh, you would put on, you would do that for Black pa- Panther. Oh. Yeah, you, you listen to the Black Panther soundtrack like crazy. Oh, and the Mando one? The Mandalorian soundtrack, yes. Oh, Ludwig. Ludwig is very good. Ludwig didn't do this one. It was Junkie XL. <laughs> but it's Tom Hulkenberg, a.k.a. Junkie XL, who is kind of the in-house guy for Warner Brothers now. He actually uh, has been picking up some slack where Hans Zimmer has, like, backed uh, off good. from superhero I movies. I mean, he's, he's not going to be around for much longer, so we got to find a replacement. <laughs> Listen, Hans Zimmer's doing Dune. Oh, wait. Hans Zimmer's not as old as I think, right? He's doing Dune. I'm pretty excited about that. The oh, Worm movie? The Worm movie. Another good Warner Brothers. It's either going to be really good or really bad. There's not much in between on that one. Every Denny Villeneuve movie I've seen has been really good, so I think that I'm leaning towards really good. Mad Max is not a movie about aliens. Oh, he's only 63. Hans Zimmer? Oh, gosh. Hans Zimmer's my dad's age? He's not doing so good. That's... Guys. Hmm. Germans. Hmm. Hmm. Not efficient. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is a... See, kind of a sequel, kind of a reboot, somewhere in between, to the original Mad Max movies that starred Mel Gibson, all directed by George Miller. This is wild. It, it, it's, it's wild, because you hadn't seen any of the Mad Max movies. No. Before. Were you even at all familiar with the concept of no. Mad Max? So you just showed up to this movie. Yeah. Uh, well, you might have said something I about think I it, talked, because but... I'd seen bits and pieces of... I think Mad Max 3 Beyond Thunderdome, specifically. Yeah, that's a horrible title, and I don't think I would ever watch the originals. Tina Turner's in it. I don't know if that's supposed to... It's supposed to mean that Tina Turner's in it. Okay. <laughs> they they have a similar aesthetic in that... Well, I mean, because George Miller created it, and so much of it is practical. I just can't... So I'm thinking the 80s, right? It's probably yeah. very... It, it's cheesy, but it defined yeah, what we think of. It sounds like a wrestling movie, honestly. But it, it defined what we think of as the post-apocalyptic aesthetic. Like, the football pads and the bondage straps and all that stuff like that. Like This is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is so good because it is a Mad Max movie, ostensibly. We have Tom Hardy, who is sublime in this movie he's so do you really think so yes i mean he did good but like he didn't have a lot of lines because he didn't need them physical acting he didn't need them yes he's such a physical presence in this the the work that he does with like a raised eyebrow or like a weird look like i think about when he's like muzzled and he's got the shotgun and he's indicating he's just like "Hmm, oh my gosh hmm, hmm, hmm." Yeah, there was a lot of grunting. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of a Henry Cavill method of acting. Yes. (laughs) But but his eyes had so much expression in them. And I think we had this from the the opening 
narration that he does where he talks about how his world is fire and blood. Like, Okay, I would love to know. They never explain what happened. Well, what do you mean they never explain what happened? Like, he has these weird, like, um, PTSD moments in the beginning where he sees, like, a little girl and, like, people. Well, it's not specifically any little girl, but Mad Max is... Okay, so the first one is, I think, just called Mad Max. The second is The Road Warrior. The third is Mad Max 3 Beyond Thunderdome. And the entire thing... He used to be a cop, basically. What? Back before, back before civilization. He was a class traitor? Yes. And you like this movie? <laughs> movie cops are different. <laughs> and Okay. But, so we but do he was like a different, he was a different kind of cop, is the thing. So he was like patrol, basically. Like, this... This was a very, very uh, slightly post-apocalypse was the first movie. The first movie, there were still, like, remnants of civilization. There were, like, diners and police oh, forces and stuff. That's the most eerie kind of apocalypse. But, but marauders are, like, starting to come. So, like, you were starting to get back to the Western mode. By the second movie, I think it was, like, almost completely post-apocalypse. But he, that's that's why he has, like, the Charger and stuff like that. Like, he's... He is... His uh, family is, including I think his wife and son, are killed by maraud by marauders, basically. And uh, well, that's what drives him mad, in it. So you knew all of this from the eighties from from the, from the from the movies, yeah. And in the well, the, you, you know, there's all, all this from Wikipedia about the other movies. Well, I've seen, but I have seen bits and pieces, okay. and just like from the cultural conversation too. What? Like, what cultural? Well, my dad really liked the Mad Max oh. movies. My dad is a big fan of, like, 70s and 80s Mel Gibson movies. Like, he likes this. He likes, uh, what, what is it, Gallipoli? He liked that a lot. The the one with the Boer Wars. He what? likes that one a lot, too. Is that Mel? I don't think that's Mel Gibson. I don't know. Listen. Couldn't tell you. He's a fan of 70s and 80s Mel Gibson. He, um, but Max is kind of just, well, and I, I don't want to say he's, like, an itinerant knight, almost. But, like, he just kind of wanders through the wasteland and... Gets in scrapes. That's kind of his whole he's thing. He's just a wanderer. He's a wanderer. Exactly. Which is why he's, like, ready to get out completely. It, like, he, his instinct is to run from the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. But he, you know, has a certain set of skills that work out pretty well in this wasteland. He's a blood bag. <laughs> he's a... <laughs> he's a blood bag. <laughs> Visually, this movie is... Very orange. Well, yes, because they are in an orange <laughs> desert. <laughs> but the the way that the camera works in this movie is a lot of quick shots. So, like, when you, you know that when the camera's, like, sticking on something and, like, isn't cutting, it's very important. But, like, a lot of the sequences are either sped up or slowed down to add... And it adds, like, this... But not in, like, it. a disorienting way, which is wild. Because most movies, when they do, like, their jerky camera thing, you get, like, so dizzy and, like, sick. Well, I think about the uh, the fight scene in the tunnels when they do the jerky yeah. frame thing. And you don't get... It's because that you're... I feel like they always slow down or speed up the camera, specifically when they want you to feel how the characters are feeling. So it, like, feels really cartoonish when Max has been, like tattooed and is getting his blood drained mm-hmm. and he's like he's like out of it it's chaotic and frenetic and he's trying to just find a way out you know and that but then you also have oh let's see that you a bit uh the aboriginal guy who turns into a skull and that, that like little vision like intercut in there do you remember oh yeah yeah it's yeah. so trippy at the beginning oh yeah you but, think because like, you're so disoriented yeah and then like the 
I think the the smart thing is you realize just how disoriented you are and how disoriented Max is when they reveal, oh, he's not underground. He's inside of a cliff and the ground is like a thousand feet below. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Oh yeah, you think he's underground until that very moment where he breaks through the people and he almost tumbles off the edge and it's like bright light and you're like, wow, this is a big rock. (laughs) And then we don't see Max for what, like at least five or ten minutes, right? Yeah, it's all about like the water ceremony. Yeah, exactly. I was... Disturbing. Right now, especially, like... Thinking about rich getting richer. Thinking mm-hmm. about the way that... Mm, I, I'm just saying that do, do not become addicted to water, my friends. Oh, fun th- fun fact. Guy who plays a Morton Joe played the villain, I think, in like the first two movies. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because... Uh, but two different villains, because they had him like in a mask in the second one. They go so hard on the like aesthetics of this, too, in that beginning part. Yeah, the war with boys his, like, with like the the chalky white paint and the, mm-hmm. and the grease paint around the eyes and the imperators all with the like it's super immersive. Oh yeah, because and this is what's so cool that he worked with his production designers to like establish a timeline. He's like up to this point is when we would have artifacts from the old world. So like you don't see any stuff like post nineteen eighties, right? Like, like none of the stuff that like. People have used to like make contraptions, and especially the cars, is post nineteen eighties. It's all period appropriate. Now I will say one thing: mm-hmm. the cars are not dusty. They're kind of shot. I guess like the idea is that they keep really good care of these cars. Well, the, the, you would expect them to be a little bit like roughed up well, if they, they are, live in the desert. They are roughed up. They're they're like they're like beaten up, and you see like dents and stuff and rust, but. But consider... They must use some of that water. <laughs> but consider the value that they place on the cars. I just thought it was Consi- a little too shiny. But consider that the entire belief system of it's these warboys is about the car. It's about the Fury Road. It's about riding forever shiny in chrome. <laughs> like, oh, I like the steering wheel pile. The steering wheel pile is... I love the detachable steering wheel part. It's also a good way to show that like they don't own it. In my in my mind, it's like the steering wheel is what gives them permission to use the car. Mm. It's like they don't own the re- they they own the steering wheel, but only through the permission of a Morton Joe are they able to like use the car. So everything they're doing is in service to them, it, to him. No, the ways that his power is encoded in his cult is fascinating. Like ugh. we also love the post-apocalyptic. We worship machines. Oh. Like, but they don't even worship the machines. They worship the one who gives them the machines. A Morton Joe. Mm. Though a Morton Joe is kind of implied to be like part machine himself in a way. <laughs> he is. With the mask and everything. And yeah, the, but it's all... I, I, I know it's like... Smoke and mirrors. It's, well, it's smoke and... Yeah, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Like... I, I think that scene where we, like, see him, like, struggling to breathe before they put the respirator oh, on. Oh, yeah. And those so nasty, like, uh, the, knots the, on his skin. Yeah, so that, like, we're introduced to him as a weak human before we see him mm-hmm. take on the pose of the god, you know? And we see his weakness in the form of the children that he's bearing in this nuclear wasteland, you, you know? The one, son, the one son who's clearly older than Rictus, but is still in the body of 
you, you, know, you know, still never grew past the size of an infant. Rictus, who has to, like, have the cannula to be able to breathe and, like, has to filter his air. It's just, like, the they talk about, like, there is no life anymore. There's only half-life. And it's, I, I, I like that. Yeah, the, I like the, the, the half-life. Yeah, it's I, the, the, the implication being that, like, that the people who... Decay uh, is more rapid. Yeah, the, and the people who have full life might be, like, the people who were born before. You know, ah. born before. That's that's kind of what I hmm. get from it. Though, the some of the wives are younger, so maybe they were born in fallout shelters or something like that. It's it's one of these things where well, it's Well, they're like, still having children, though, because one of the wives is pregnant. Yes, but... But some of the but the implication is that like some of the some of the people that are born only have a half life is what they're saying, rather than a full life because they're born into this radioactive wasteland, which is kind of the wives are in the vault could be like a fallout shelter kind of thing could be a bit of a, I mean it's mm, we I mean let's talk about the wives we okay. haven't, we haven't the wives are the for lack of a better word MacGuffin of this plot in a way <laughs> a what. They're the they're a McMuffin? The, <laughs> the MacGuffin. So they're they're the thing that everyone is trying to control and get a hold of mm. when they are specifically trying to control themselves, which we see in the we are not things, which yeah. is which is their their entire I like the move to not show them in that habitat. Like they're already on the uh Yeah, they're already on the war rig, yeah. trying to escape. Mm-hmm. And you have the same sentiment echoed by Furiosa, who is played so so well by Charlize Theron, like uh, how well? So so well. <laughs> uh, yeah, she is the shining star of this movie. <laughs> Absolutely, like Tom Hardy is great. They are great. Their chemistry together is perfect. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean chemistry in like a romantic way, though it could be. But I mean chemistry. I mean, this in a- really isn't a love story. The only time that there is one is like Nux and uh, and Capable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's really also very faint and like. Not yeah, really there. Exactly. It's more showing it's like, oh, these people are all human and they all need connection mm-hmm. and are all susceptible to the lies and the... Ooh. Oh, man. If, if you could... Here's the problem. I don't know how far to go into the tangents on this. How far to, like, get into how much I like this movie. Because it's going to be an hour of me gushing... <laughs> Because I don't, I don't have anything for what doesn't work in this movie. I have uh-huh. like a single thing, uh-uh. a single little thing, and it's just, and it just has to do with the home release. That's it. <laughs> oh, I love oh, the buzzard speaking Russian. I think that's a great detail. Like the, uh, yeah, no, that's something I forgot. Yeah. Between the, I was like, why are they speaking Russian? And you're like, they always speak Russian. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like the implication that it's like different people have formed like different little enclaves and religions and yeah. cultures. Yeah. And the buzzards, it's all the spikes. Oh, I got a problem. You got a problem? <laughs> got one. You got a problem? Or should I save it? Save it. Okay. Let's keep going. Let's. Um, oh, no, I might forget. Okay. Oh, is your problem with the sandstorm? Because I was about to talk about the sandstorm. No, because we both Googled it. Yes. <laughs> it's true. It is possible for there, there to be lightning, be lightning and sandstorms, and no one understands why it works. <laughs> that part is kind of weird to me, because you can simulate pretty much anything now. So I I don't know about that part. <laughs> I think... Hmm. 
I think the 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 way that the wide landscape shots give you information in this movie are pretty good too. Because like you see like Gas Town and Bullet Town like in the dis in the bullet yeah, in the distance. Because where you start just seems so wild and unreal. And then once they get further out, you're like, oh no, this is just like this used to be grass, this used to be a mountain perhaps, and then it just became this like unusable land when you see like the uh the swamp land with the mm-hmm. people on those creepy people on, on stilts. The stilts oh and the crows the first time you see animals in the movie is the crows. yeah there's no there's well, other than the other than the two-headed gecko at the beginning that max eats oh. which is such a good detail that is very good oh. okay let's we're, we're 20 minutes in okay what it, what is something that you feel like we haven't talked about that is like essential that we have to talk about. Uh, the modded guitar. The, yes. Oh, the doof wagon and the doof warrior. That's that's, that what, it's called? that's what they're called. Yeah. You went deep into Wikipedia for this oh, one. Oh well, I knew about this back when it came out because I went deep into Wikipedia when it came out too. <laughs> See, <laughs> but there were a lot of this movie like blew up Tumblr. Can I be when it came out? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, because I went to Dragon Con for the first time after this movie came out. Well, cool for you. I went for one day <laughs> for a few hours, but I did see uh, some Nux and Capable cosplayers that were adorable. Oh, I'm sure those are probably every year. <laughs> but there were, I remember there being just so many GIF sets and so much writing about it and so much talk about it. The camera, uh, the, the, the guitar and the car that it was on. Fully functional. All that was completely That is practical. so impressive. Yeah, that they made a mobile stage that was self-propelled. Like, that's... I just don't see how you get... You're like, okay, this is what I need you to do. We're going to blindfold you. We're going to hook you to this stage. And we're going to drive. And you're going to play the guitar. And also, your guitar is going to have a flamethrower on the end of it that you're like, going to need to set off every now and then. I don't care. Like, that's... Even a lot of money would be hard to say yes to that. But also... I know some people who would say yes to oh, that. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm sure he's he was very young, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, it's Were cool, there any other it? instruments? They're like drums. Yeah, the drums oh, on the I'm back like, of the Warrior. But it was like a high rise or something. It was like Yeah, it was like a ter- it was like terrorist on the back of the doof mm-hmm. wagon. And then there were the uh, war boys, the war pups playing the drums like at the uh, went on like the elevator platform when they were raising it and lowering it. Mhm. Oh, um, those are the main instruments, though. But it's cool because even though it does, it the drum playing didn't sync up to the score. But like, oh really? It's, oh no, not always. But pr- well, pretty typically it didn't. I really they wasn't paying to attention make, to that. They tried to make the guitar sync up to the score sometimes, and uh-huh. like because I, I think they were probably recording while they were filming. Well, he was mostly doing long like chords anyway. Yeah, just so it yeah, wasn't... just like a th- th- kind of like a thrash metal kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> that noticeable if it was off. Exactly. Um, and then I think the scene where he actually fights Max with the guitar, that was that all looked like what he was playing is what we were hearing, <laughs> which was very cool. Huh. Um, but it's also cool because it kind of harkens back to old school war, you know, like Civil War yeah. and Revolutionary War era, because they use the drums to call the war boys uh-huh. to the pursuit. And then like he... He plays the guitar, and in some ways, it's signaling. 
in, in a lot. Like when the when they slow down, I think about how he like starts like slowly playing those sludgy chords, like dun, 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 dun. yeah, like and he does slow down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like he, so in a way, it's signaling and keeping the battle going. I also think about the colored flares where they're signaling for yes, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And I also just oh, <laughs> all the cult aspects that they. Oh my god. Yeah, the spraying the chrome yes, spray. Yes, no, th- I was just thinking about that. It's just, is it, I mean, I think there's something in there that made them, like, high, though. Yeah, paint fumes. That's it? I Well, it's it's not clear, but I think the idea is you get high on the paint fumes, and it lowers your inhibitions, and then you do the crazy thing for which you want to be witness. Also, can we just mention that before we even know what witness me means... When the when the boy when the guy tries to jump onto the hook to grab Max from the cliff and starts uh-huh. falling, he yells, "Witness!" witness me. Yeah, just just witness. Yeah. Ah. Like, <laughs> wow. It's mm, it's fantastic. It's no that specific calling attention to death in a specific way to kind of almost celebrate it is so. Oh, but uh. well, I mean, they're talking about getting to Valhalla, so. <laughs> oh. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that blind faith is so wonderful. Mm. I'm, I I think that there's like a lot of affectations that people put on like for their voices that worked very well. I feel like Nicholas yeah. Holt barely put had to put on an affectation on just like affected well, a little more Australian, British, a, a little so. more Australian than British perhaps. But like he just sounds kind of unhinged the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I, I love saying American accent in this. No. No. No, he's not doing an American accent. What did I watch? I don't know. <laughs> you were we watched. Oh, we watched <laughs> Days of Future Past the night before. <laughs> that's your fault. It is my fault. You confuse his performance as Beast with his performance as Nux. <laughs> well, to be fair, when he's Nux, he's mostly yelling the first half of the movie. It's true. But his, his character development is so interesting. Because he's just along for the ride. He's like, I'm a war boy. I'm going to die. Yeah, and, and he's like ready to serve a Morton no matter what. When he doesn't die, he kind of, he's still like, okay, well, I can still get blood bag and these girls back to Immortan Joe. And But um, then he's abandoned by the Immortan. Yeah, and then he was like, oh, they don't actually care about me. Yeah. I mean, he has to be a, he has to be rejected by his god to understand that his god was false. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. Oh, the wives are all cool. We haven't even talked about the wives. Let's talk about the wives. The wives are like always shot in the center of the frame and they're always, they're never framed in an exploitative way, even though they're wearing like objectively I like love their exploitative outfits. clothing. Yeah. Because they're wearing all white and it's just this like very symbolic of like some like precious treasure. Uh. And that white gets dirtier the farther yeah. they get away. The, the and like what as they have to like do worse and worse things to survive like mm-hmm. uh, i i didn't know going in i don't think i'd seen any of them in anything other than zoe kravitz oh yeah like before before we watched it the first I time i still don't know if i've seen any of them You've besides s- the one in uh lovecraft country what about the one in logan lucky what which one was in logan lucky capable capable what? is melly you don't recognize her no. cuz she doesn't have the hair yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Why are we talking about her more? Because that's incredible. Capable's great. I love... 
Her hair is great, first of all. I think her hair is like what you wish your hair could be like. What? The... You don't like my hair? No. That's wow. not okay, what... Okay, guys. No, excuse me. Sorry. Quick, I just know quickly you... getting a divorce I'm... here. Are you Googling divorce? <laughs> no. I don't need to Google that. You have that on speed dial already. Can't afford that. <laughs> I'm just saying you really like the red hair. You like the red hair a lot. Would you stop? I'm not trying to <laughs> judge you. I think it's cute. I love your hair no matter what color mm-hmm. it is. I'm just saying I think that sometimes you want your hair to be that red. Am I wrong? My hair is wonderful and I get compliments all the time about it. I don't know what you're talking about. Are they the, the typical straight hair person curly hair compliments? Actually, this is what my hair looks like, but with more red. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I think you wish your hair was that color. <laughs> this has been a fun detour. <sighs> but what I like about them is that they all have like different views on their escape. You know? Like, you have Ang Herod, who's, like, the lead, who's clearly the ringleader, and she's the one who dies. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, oh. like, start to fall apart. I was not expecting that. That was a... Mm-hmm. I guess I should have seen it coming from a movie standpoint. From a movie standpoint. <laughs> but... You have uh, the dag. And the way it happens is awful. Yeah. You don't even realize what's happening until he's, like... Well, she went under the wheels, so she we're not un- going back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. You have the dag, who is uh, the Rosie Huntington Mightley character, who uh, the the blonde one. She's just angry. She's just yeah. And then and then you have Cheeto, who's like scared, who thinks that maybe we should go back, maybe we should give up on all this. Which one is that one? Uh, the black haired one, the the tan one, who's black haired, and then you have uh, Toast, who's Zoe Kravitz's character, and she's. She's the one who I think adapts the quickest, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's the one who's, like, loading the weapons She's like, and I've been here before. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe she hadn't always... Like, maybe she'd have, like, a different life where she was more in, like, survival. Exactly. But we don't... Cheeto? But Cheeto. Che-e-e-d-o. Cheeto the Fragile. My goodness, you are deep into this. And her- Listen... I He's not I looking at any this, prompts. He's like just rolling this off. I watched this movie and it unlocked so much knowledge that I had kept inside for years, baby. Oh, I forgot. Like, she's not very noticeable. I forgot about her. Well, like her, she's the one who like saves Furiosa at the end, though. Hmm? Because she's, she's the one, or, or I guess saves Toast and Furiosa in a way. Because she's the one who pretends that she's going back to help. Uh, she's like rejoining... A Morton Joe that she's like surrendering. Oh, okay, okay. Because he's got the gun on. He's got the gun on toast. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm, that final. That final action scene is very good. Oh the, man, I I think what's really what's really poignant about this movie is they get to the green place and they've passed, and it's not green anymore. They've passed it because nothing lasts. Like they, I. I think what's really... Because they're going to this place of escape and there is no escape. And I think it's... The choice that they have to make is we can't go to some magical place where everything's going to be better and Mm -hmm. we're going to be safe. We have to make the place where we are better because the grass isn't greener on the other side. We have to put in the work to make a better world if we want to. 
Boy, this hit different now. Doesn't it hit different now? Hit real different. Do, like it's only been like six years, and it hit real different. Like the, the water in the the water has a limited resource. Like, do not become addicted to it because you will because you will resent its absence. It's just like, where's my two thousand dollars, Joe? Where's my two thousand dollars, Joseph? But it really do feel like. Ugh, a metaphor for like billionaires and resource hoarders. Yeah. You know? Like they have the ability to share that wealth yeah, yeah. and share the benefits on, with everyone. The water is money. <laughs> it's also just water, you know? Like it's something that people need. Yeah, it's wild that we have to pay to get water. <laughs> In our homes. Maybe the water's like, maybe the water's healthcare. Maybe the water live here. Oh, it's just I could go to Creek, boil water, and have free water. It's just and maybe it's because I wasn't like as aware. I mean, I, I think this, this It was a, a different time. I, it was pre-2016. And it that's not to say this wasn't happening before 2016. No. I think we just all, That's when a we lot all... of us were shocked into the awareness yes. of, oh, it's always been this, and this is just the new face of it. And we were also younger. Yes. And because of the time, we were allowed to live a little more blissfully than some of our friends. I also hadn't gone to grad school yet. Ooh, yeah, grad school. Grad school Oof. radicalizes you. Well, I didn't. That's... Liberal arts grad school radicalizes okay. you. <laughs> well, I don't know, that healthcare policy class. <laughs> Uh, I think there's so much that they don't show on the screen either. Like, I, I think about the scene in the in the swamp where Max goes off and we don't see his fight. We only see the aftermath of it. We see the, the explosion in the distance and then he comes back covered in blood. And then when he washes it off and they ask, do you need a bandage? And Furiosa says, that's not his blood. Oh, just- yeah, that is a good... Which shows that Max is really just one part of this movie. Yeah. Like, he is he is an essential part of this movie, but he's there to, like, offer advice and help them out in a pinch. He's not there to be the driving force. He's the reason that they go back because he's the one who gives them that possibility and tells them that you can do it. And he's the reason that Furiosa survives because he is a typo universal donor, high octane, Per the organic mechanic. <laughs> and but it shows that he's like he's there to facilitate in a way. <sighs> well, but the whole time I'm wondering like why is he called Mad Max? Because he's like the most grounded person there. He's got a goal and then he goes for it and like <laughs> it's I just like he doesn't just... I think one of them literally says, Are you not insane anymore? <laughs> <laughs> but he's not grounded, he's haunted. And I but I th- and maybe that's the point too is because because he's mad he's the only sane person. <laughs> <laughs> he's just literally mad. Like, <laughs> why is this happening to me? I-, I think a lot about whenever he sees them like using one of his possessions, he just yells, "That's mine!" <laughs> the pers- when Slit's driving the pursuit special at them, it's like to- now you take my car. I have to say one of the coolest things was the idea that these women are climbing over this truck to fix things. Like <laughs> that was that was a concept. Oh like, yeah, I would no crap about a car. 
<laughs> oh, I really liked like Nux in the middle of the battle getting underneath the car to work on the engine. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just the way that they all adapted to it, it's like because like none of the electronics work, so everything has to be mm-hmm. like internal it's combustion. All manual. Yeah. Oh. It's so good. They all built right. the world so well. I think we're ready for problems. Well, first, before we have problems, I think we need to go to the concession stand. All right. Hi, I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. We're three friends who went to college together. Hey, Gabe, did you know that Akira Kurosawa has a writing credit on Star Wars? I didn't know that. Good, because I made it up. I have one. The creator of the Frisbee made his ashes into a commemorative run of Frisbees. I don't believe you. That's 100% real, my dude. Them's the Facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. Every other Wednesday. On the Pocket Podcast Network. I have one problem with this viewing experience. Just one? Just one. Okay. And that is that I don't think the sound mixed as well on the Blu-ray and digital copy, on the home copy, as it did in the theater. And it's impossible for the sound to have mixed as well then. But, like, the score is too quiet on this. Yeah. And, it, and you really lose, like, the emotional impact of Brothers in Arms, I mm-hmm. think. The, 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 the voices pop out more than the sound. Like, it's not, yeah. I, the, the, it's, yeah, the voice recording is mixed too high, the, and the score is mixed too low. Everything. Which is not the case in, like, Black Panther. Like the home version is not like the score. The score is at the right level. Yeah. There are like a lot of action movies that get it right, and the newer Marvels seem to do a good job with it too. Mm-hmm. The, Maybe it's a 2015 problem. I don't know, but then, well, no, because anyone can mess up a can mess up the sound <laughs> mixing. See Tenet. Ooh. <laughs> it's like he had such perfect sound mixing on. On Dunkirk, you know, I think the oh. mixing is perfect because, like, you can you, the parts where you have trouble understanding the characters speaking, they're literally speaking through radios in a dogfight, yeah. so it makes sense. That's the best, Nolan. I, I mean, I understand why you think that. It's a hot take, but it's mine. I don't think it's that hot of a take. I think that's his most universally acclaimed film, other than maybe The Dark Knight, but like, mm. yeah. <laughs> we've been watching The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Slowly. You've been watching The Dark Knight Rises. I've been watching The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, but is that is that the end of your complaints? That's the end of my complaints. Okay. What you is, got? This is a broken record complaint, I'll admit. Uh, it was just a bunch of white people, except for Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> yeah, okay. Probably some people that I'm missing, but... A lot of, a lot of non-white extras. Yeah, see, I, still, I think that's a problem, because I don't think it'd just be white people in the apocalypse, do you? Especially not in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which is a nation that has a robust Aboriginal population, not as big as it once was because of, you they, know. They had small box blankets too, I'm sure. Uh, but it also has like big immigrant populations too. Yeah. Like from. I mean. From Asia and South Asia. From, even if we're taking like, from 80s apocalypse, it yeah. would still be more diverse than that. Mm-hmm. And for a. Uh, for a production that was filmed in Namibia, boy, I can only think of one black person that I saw on screen. Oh, you have one? Because I... Only one. He's in the crowd in the final scene. Oh. Other than Zoe Kravitz. Right. I, I mean, but like, it's like, 
<sighs> yeah, could have been... Just big woof. Yeah, they, they could have done a lot better. Though, I will say, recently, in, in recent days, there have been reports of a Furiosa prequel where Yahya Abdul-Mateen, who played Dr. Manhattan in the new Watchmen series, is going to be in one of the main roles, along with Ani Taylor-Joy and Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> so, maybe... Have maybe to keep our eyes peeled for that one. We, we will keep I'm, our, I'm thinking 2024. I have seen... A lot of Yahya Abdul-Mateen, and I do mean that literally because he did play Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you get my joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also not that kind of podcast, so. I, you know, <laughs> Bethany has a lot of opinions on what kind of a podcast we are. And I just don't know if I agree with all of them. Are you ready? Oh, to, you don't want Are you ready to rate? <laughs> hmm. What are we rating out of? Well... I mean, I thought steering wheels. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you know what I'm about to do. You are not. You know I gotta do it. No. This is as close as I've ever been to, to really giving it this. You know, like, this is... No, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Five out of five steering wheels. Are you kidding? There are things that could be better, but the experience of this movie, do you... I felt like a little kid. I didn't even see this when I was a little kid, but, like, watching it again made me feel like that. It was the the kind of excitement that I had when I saw Star Wars for the first time, you know? Whoa. Like, this movie is as close to... Like, oh, I didn't even talk about... The guy from the bullet farm with the blindfold and the DS- DAC array. I am the scales of justice! Conductor of the choir of death! Like, oh! The Verdi Requiem! Like, oh! Wow. This is a. F- I, I can't not give it a five. Wow. I can't not. Devastate me. I, it won't devastate you. I'm going to give it a 4.25. Holy shit. Yeah. Is this the highest score you've ever given? Oh, no. Oops. I don't know. We need a record of this. I don't know. No one's keeping track. I, I, no one knows. Listen. <laughs> I've never given a five, I don't think. You've never given a five. I don't think you've... You very rarely give fours. Usually you're hanging at around it's a 3.5. It's not perfect. I considered a 3.8. I'll be honest. Oh. But... I the the I mean the biggest fault I have is the lack of representation, and that's I mean because the, the dialogue didn't need to be fancy. It was simple but also really effective. Yeah, and the amount of, and I think the performances were really good because they worked around that. Like the mm-hmm. amount of emotion conveyed in like a look or a nudge or yeah. like a fight, especially like I think about the fight between Max and Furiosa all the damn time. I mean, I also gave it a high score just because of how well it held up. Sometimes, because, yeah, sometimes and we, go we were back able to, to like extrapolate new things from it that we didn't think about before, which I find really cool. Mm-hmm. So, we love this movie. We love it. Oh man, we are a part of the Pocket Podcast. Wait, we need to find out what, what we're watching next. What are we watching next? I'm going to go look. Mm. Our library is constantly changing. Well, the movie we're watching next takes place in a similar landscape 
but it has an entirely different atmosphere. Wink. <gasps> it's the Martian. Yep. So stay oh. tuned for that. Oh no. Oh yes. Oh no. Oh yes. Hmm. <laughs> oh, we're a part of the Pocket Podcast Network. You can find other shows at pocketpodcastnetwork.com and our show there too. I recommend that you check out Sorted. Mm. Yes, I enjoy that show. It is a good show. You can also check out Green Mountain Mysteries or Cult Classics. There's stuff for just about everybody. There are some shows that are on hiatus right now, but it's a great time to catch up on their back catalog. Like, just lots of stuff to explore. Pocketpodcastnetwork.com. Our music... By the Lurking Machines. Yep. It's Oil Waves off of their first EP, Parallels. They have been releasing new content lately. They've got uh, some play, th- uh, some live playthrough videos on, um, what's it called? On Instagram. They've got those up there. They've got, uh, I think they put out a new single recently. They did put out a new mm-hmm. single recently. So And a new video. Exactly. Music video. Not yeah, not just one. Yeah, not just a live play video. So, oh, and, but uh, they have a new version of one of their old songs, Gold Room. That they played through live that includes vibraphones, which is very cool. Definitely check them out. So, until next time, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Don't buy any more DVDs. It's never how you knew it. Nobody looks at it that way but you. Oh, we are some drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.